over the 4th of July, and uh, thank God that we're all here. I guess um, some of us is all here are partially here, and uh, but thank God so far I haven't got any bad news, so I, I hadn't got any news, so I guess that's all good news. And uh, so the Lord kept his hand about everybody, and we are thankful for that. And um, a lot of people on the lake and such tragic accidents this weekend uh, due to people celebrating, some people very innocent, and uh, ask God to help and touch those families that are in need of touch from the Lord today and are not as fortunate as we are. But I am thankful for every opportunity that I get to come to the house of God and to worship Him. And I am thankful that I know who He is. Amen. The Apostle Paul was uh, in a place one time and these people were very superstitious and very cautious about who and what they were worshiping. And uh, they had a God for this and an altar for that one and an altar over here for this. They didn't want to leave anybody out. So they said to the unknown God. They had an altar built to the unknown God. And I am thankful that that unknown God has been revealed to me. And I know his name. And his name is Jesus. Amen. How many is thankful for the name of Jesus? How many has found power in Jesus' name? Amen. Praise God. There is power in that name. Whatever, whatever ails you, that name of Jesus is able to take care of it. And uh, there's been many a time when I was uh, closely involved or almost involved in an accident. And I would speak the name or G, name of Jesus or just scream the name of Jesus. And that's just the first thing that comes out of my mouth. Because that's, that's all I know that can help me. And God just some way make a way where there seemeth to be sure destruction. And uh, I've heard Brother Massengale testify about him in a truck. And, and uh, kind of lost control and just called on the name of Jesus. And Jesus was able to bring it under control. And I have found that name to be true, that name to be powerful. I can remember uh, when I was a young child and be sick and, and uh, my mother just put her hand on my head and, and just say in Jesus' name. And just I'd go to sleep with hearing her say in Jesus' name. And I found out at a young early age in my life that there is power in that name. And I want to tell you today, if you're in trouble, there's still power in that name. If you're sick in your body, there's still power in that name. If you got problems in your life, there's still power in that name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's so good to see everyone that is in the house of the Lord today. To our guests that are here, we're honored that you've come to be with us this morning. We want you to just join in and worship the Lord together with us. Good to see um, Brother Jordan and Sister Rebecca and the grandchild here today. And uh, so glad that you are in the house of the Lord. And uh, good to see Brother and Sister Massengale able to be in church this morning. Miss them when they're not able to be in the house of God. And I want God just to work a miracle for Sister Massengale. Heal her body. And uh, the doctors can't always fix you, but God always can. He made these bodies and He's able to fix them. And uh, we pray for her. Good to see Dwayne in the house of the Lord today. 
And uh, everyone else that should be here, that's here, I'm glad that you're here. And uh, Lord bless you for being in God's house. This week, this Wednesday night, we will be out of town due to uh, youth camp. And so we'll be coming back into town Thursday. And uh, we have youth camp Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night. And uh, this is junior camp. The uh, van and the bus will be leaving in the morning at 8 o'clock. So be leaving in the morning at 8 o'clock. They'll need some uh, money to take with them. They'll be stopping before they get to youth camp to get something to eat. uh, Because the first meal that will be served over there is 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, so be here on time. Have your stuff packed, ready to go. And uh, so we're going to have a great time. And uh, I tell you, you, you don't, if your parents is not going, let me give you some instruction here. Don't pack a lot of clothes. Just one changing of clothes will be fine. That's all they need. Because if you're not there, they're not going to change clothes. They'll wear the same ones all week. So you're wasting your time bringing all those suitcases. Just save space. And... Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> One young man told me, he said, he didn't have time to, to take a bath or take a shower. I said, what do you mean you don't have time? You have all day. He said, man, said, I get up in the morning, it's time for breakfast, so I ain't got time then. Get through with that, and we have puppets, and then we have something else, and then it's lunchtime, and I got to go eat. And then after that, we have this and that and something else, and then after that, it's time to play ball or do such and such he said then it's time for church he said then after church i play and when i get through playing it's time to go to bed he said there's just not any time to worry about stuff like that so anyway but there's a lot of activities we have a great time at youth camp and i want everyone to pray for us that we'll have a great time and this is a very uh used to uh senior camp was pretty much our our highlight and the biggest but now it's got where junior camp is actually more campers than than seniors i think it's because the seniors like to go to both and uh, but we have a great time a lot of them get filled with the holy ghost and we want to pray that that uh, the lord would touch our young people not only just everyone over there but especially ours and fill the ones that is seeking the lord with the holy ghost and uh, i tell you if we can impress them at a young age at a very young age, uh, their life will be much better and our life will be much better also. And uh, so let's pray for our young people. And uh, then when we get back from there, we're going on a youth trip next Tuesday. And uh, then when we get back from there, we're going to youth camp again. So we have a busy July. And uh, I'm just looking for August to get here. And uh, so... We're going to have a great time looking forward to God doing something great for us. So they'll be calling on those who are helping with puppets after service tonight uh, to help load all the stuff in the trailer and uh, get ready to go. So 8 o'clock in the morning, don't forget that, 8 o'clock in the morning, uh, the van and the bus is going to be leaving. So be here uh, loaded up, ready to go at 8 o'clock. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians. We're going to attempt this again, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, number 13, and we'll read again verse number 12, and I'll try to go back to um, what I was going to preach about last Sunday. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 12. 
the scripture said, for now we see through a glass darkly. But then face to face, now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And what I would like to talk about this morning is from the very first part of the scripture. It says, for now we see through a glass darkly. We see through a glass darkly. It's meaning that some things we just don't understand right now. Anybody ever went through anything you just didn't understand? Amen. Well, some of you have, some of you haven't, but all of you will before life is over. Lord bless you. You can be seated. Good to see Brother Alan, the Sister Angela, the world travelers back home today and uh, miss them. And we got to whip Brother Allen back into shape. He was late this morning getting to church over for the men. And uh, so I had to make coffee. And that's the reason why Brother, Brother Jerry can't sit down this morning. I made some coffee that, that you needed a boat paddle to stir. And we thought it was coffee, but I think it was chicory or something like that. And so we put the, a little extra amount of coffee and Brother... I didn't, I didn't even have the courage to even taste of it. And, uh, but anyway, we are uh, glad that they're back home and, and uh, be, they're so glad to be back home to go to youth camp and youth trips and all of that lovely stuff. Can't wait. And, but I want to talk to you again today about trust. Well, we talked about trust last Sunday, but we got a little sidetracked. And uh, so I want to go back to what I felt like. Uh, the Lord had given me, and uh, see if I can share it with you again today. Trust is something that that is very important, and uh, Brother Dixon was making mention to this of when when we are done wrong, it's hard to trust somebody again, and uh, when we are let down, it's hard to have confidence in them again, and uh, so trust is something that is very important and uh, it's good to see Blake in church today I uh, the other night I asked him to be here and I'm glad that he was trustworthy and showed up this morning and uh, so uh, it is trust is a wonderful thing trust is something uh, that all of us must have and you're going to put your trust in something and just because certain things let you down does not mean that you will never trust them again and I, I think sometimes in our, our areas of trust is a choice that we make. Do we choose? And it's just like forgiveness. Do we choose to forgive? Or do we choose to hold a grudge the rest of our life? And uh, so trust is very important. What does the word trust mean? It just simply means a something that you can rely on. Something that has integrity, something that has strength, something that has ability, something that so shows surety. And uh, this mostly is talking about a person or either or a thing. It's something that we place confidence in. Jesus was always trying to teach his disciples to trust him. That 
He was very trustworthy. He was something that they could put their confidence in. And a lot of us looking today would say, how would anybody ever doubt Jesus? And, and how could the disciples ever doubt Him? Because he, was, he had the ability to do everything. He had the ability to do all. But even as we ask uh, the question about the disciples, there are a lot of us here today that has trust problems when it comes to believing what God is able to do. Now, I don't think that there's too many of us in here believes that He is able, but sometimes we, we doubt the fact that He will hear and answer our prayer. That, that we have uh, the faith to believe that God is able, but we do not have the trust to believe that He will do it. And uh, we believe that praying sometimes is just very iffy. That possibly He will, and probably He won't. And maybe He will, but we're very doubtful that it will happen. That's lots of times our relationship with God. But I don't think that that's the way that God wants us to approach Him. He that cometh to God must believe that He is, number one, and then that He is a rewarder, of them who diligently seek Him. So we must believe that God is not only able, but we must believe that God will. We must accept Him as our personal God. Amen. Amen. A term that is very loosely used that so many times we shy away from is our personal Savior. You have to take God very personal if you're going to serve God. If you're going to live for Him, you've got to realize and understand that it's not someone else's God, but He is my God. Amen. He's not able to do it just for someone else, but He is able to do it and will do it for me. Not only able, but will. How many's ever found God to be true? How many has ever had a test in your life and you have talked to God and God come through and nobody else could come through? And But still, the devil puts doubt in our mind when it comes to trusting God. We find in Mark chapter 8 and verse number 16 through verse number 21, it says, And they reason among themselves, saying, it is because we have no bread. Now when you take this, this scripture setting and its whole content of what it is saying, Jesus is warning them about the leaven. And uh, He is talking about uh, spiritual things that are going on. His disciples said He's talking about leaven, so He must be making reference to the fact that we have no bread. It is very uh, humorous sometimes to look at how much the disciples were worrying about food in their travel with Jesus. Uh, they worried about, uh, some of you are looking like you got that worried look on your face this morning about how long is this going to last because my breakfast is growing low. But they were always worried about and troubled about where we're going to eat, what we're going to do. And it's like, 
it is when you get in our vehicle or, or the motorhome going somewhere, the first thing that is asked is, where are we going to eat? And uh, where are we going to stop? What are we going to have to eat? Where are we going to go to eat? What what are we going to do? As soon as church is over this morning and we start making our way toward uh, the north end of the building and through the offices, the question will come up, where are we going to eat? Well, the answer to that is, where you want to go eat? Well, it don't matter. And then you name some place and you find out, it does matter where we go to eat. So, so it's a question that is in, in their mind continually. And so when he mentioned something about a food product, the first thing that came up is, the reason why he's making mention of this is because we have no bread. And when Jesus knew it, he said unto them, why reason ye because ye have no bread? Why are you concerned about not having bread? Perceive ye not, uh, perceive ye not yet, neither understand, have your heart, have ye your heart yet hardened? Having, having eyes, see ye not? Having ears, Hear ye not, and do ye not remember? Now, this is what Jesus is saying to his disciples. This sounds very harsh when you read it, and they're just wondering because, and they're kind of wondering out aloud because we have no bread. He's mentioned leaven. And he said, Men, do you not understand? Have you been with me? You've heard my teaching, you've seen the miracles, and you do not understand. And, and you, your hearts have been hardened. You have eyes and you see not, ears and you hear not. And, uh, do you not remember? Remember what? When I break the five loaves among five thousand. Have you so soon forgotten how many basketfuls of fragments took ye up? This was a question he asked to the disciples. When I break the five loaves among five thousand, how many basketfuls did you pick up? And they say unto him, twelve. And when seven among four thousand, how many basketfuls of fragments took ye up? And they looked and wondered, where is this going to? And where is this coming from? What really twisted this man Jesus off? And they said, seven. And he said unto them, How is it that ye do not understand? How is it that seeing all of this, you still do not understand? Now, do not understand what? Number one, they didn't understand what he was talking about. Leaven. And then, number two, they did not understand some things is not necessary to worry and fret over because I'm able to take care of the problem. Here you are worrying about food and I can take seven loaves and feed five, four thousand and you take up seven basketfuls afterwards. I can take five pieces of food and break it and bless it and then you take away 
12 basketfuls after you have fed 5,000 people. And you're still worried about where your daily bread is going to come from. How many times have we seen God multiply? And how many times have we seen God heal? And how many closed doors have we seen God open up? And still, when a problem comes, our mind seems to forget about what God has done in the past. This is the reason why the Scripture says that we are made overcomers by the word of our testimony. Testimonies are giving praise and glory and thanks to God. It's not saying, woe is me and how miserable I am and oh wretched person that I am and by the time you get through everybody in the house is depressed. No, that's not what testimonies are when you are I guess since we're not going to just shout and jump this morning, it don't look at it. I might as well just kind of get in the teaching mode just a little bit. When you're asked on to testify, it's to bring glory to God, not glory to your troubles. It's to bring praise to God and not praise what you're going through. Never praise your problem. Praise your God that's able to get you out of your problem. Amen. My sickness, my disease, my cancer, my, my this and my that. Quit claiming it in Jesus' name and rebuke it in the power that is able to give you deliverance. Amen. Amen. So many times, by the time we get through, we brought glory to whatever we're going through and brought shame to God. And everybody's looking, my Lord, if God does that to you, I don't want to serve Him. No. But I made it through. We can say I went through trouble, but God brought me through the heartache. I I faced sickness, but God delivered me. I went through this, but God picked me up. God turned me around. God put my feet on a rock to stay. Amen. Glorify and magnify God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then we go down to Luke chapter 8. We find the story where he tells his disciples... And he tells them, said, let's go to the other side of the lake. Luke chapter 8 verse 22 says, Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into the ship with his disciples. He went into the ship with his disciples. He went into his ship, into a ship with his disciples. He said unto them, let us go over unto the other side of the lake. Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. Now, two things very important is who's on board and what He told you to do. Number one, who's on board? Jesus is on board. Number two, what did He say for you to do? He said, let us go over to the other side 
of the lake. Now that's not a question mark after that. That is a period after that. He is not asking, shall we go over to the other side of the lake? He is making a statement. Let us go over to the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. Now on their way, there was trouble. Anybody know what happened? There's a storm that came blowing against them. The storm came up. Now, we have a promise from God that He said He will not put any more on us than we are able to bear. We have a promise in the Word of God that said with every temptation, every problem, every heartache, there's already been a way made for our escape. We have these promises in the Word of God that is full in the Word of God telling us that we are more than an overcomer through the blood of Jesus Christ. That we are more than conquerors. That we are well able. That we are well capable. That we are well equipped. We have taken on the whole armor of God. And we are able to withstand all the fiery darts of the wicked one. That there is no trouble that he can bring on us that can destroy us when we got our hand in the hand of the master that sounds good in church but when we get in real life situations there is storms that unexpectedly happen there is trouble that we are not expecting there is problems that happen that we're really we really know that God is able but God didn't actually tell us this. We know that God is able to make the axe head swim. But he didn't really tell us that it was going to fly off of the handle. And go out into the water. We know that God can. But God, why did you allow this to happen? They came and they find themselves in a storm. Luke chapter 8 and verse number 25. And they said unto him, or excuse me, they find themselves in a storm. They are scared for their life. They are, they are terrified. These are men that are well trained, but they are terrified of what has come upon them. And they went to wake him up and to get his attention. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they being afraid, wonder, Where is your faith? Jesus just steps out on the bow of the boat in the midst of the storm and says, Peace be still. And all of a sudden the wind quits blowing. All of a sudden, the waves get calm. All of a sudden, there's a slick over the lake. All of a sudden, the black clouds roll away. And the moon begins to shine bright. And the stars are showing themselves again. All of a sudden, at the word of Jesus, all of this happens. And His disciples are amazed. And they say, what manner of man is this? And Jesus is looking at them, and he's amazed also, saying, 
You're amazed at this? At one place the Scripture said they considered not the miracle of the five loaves and the fish. They considered not the miracle of feeding the 5,000 and taking up 12 basketfuls. Right before the storm hit, a miracle was shown to them of God's great ability. But then when the storm hit, they so soon forgot what Jesus was able to do. Some of you are in the midst of a storm in your life right now. And what I'm trying to help you with is to understand that you can still trust Jesus. In the midst of your storm, in the midst of your disappointment, in the midst of your failures, in the midst of your problems, in the midst of your grief, in the midst of your sickness, in the midst of all the chaos that's going on in your life, you can still trust Jesus. But what the devil has got you focused on right now is your problem and not the miracle worker. Some of you need to go and wake up the miracle worker in your life. Some of you need to say, hey, Jesus, do you care if we perish? Hey, Jesus, do you see what I'm going through? I want to tell you, prayer still works. Prayer will still get the master's attention. When you begin to call out on the name of Jesus, He still hears and He still cares and He's still concerned about what each and every one of us is going through today. Amen. But sometimes we are so soon forget what God has done in our life and the miracles that God has performed. What manner of man is this? For he commanded even the winds and the water, and they obey him. After all Jesus had done, you're still doubting him. The storms in our life sometimes is to build our trust in him. Amen. Some things happen for a purpose, for a reason. God never allows things to happen to us to cause us to backslide. God never means things in our life that would happen to us to cause us to walk out on Him. But He wants us to be able to trust Him. He wants us to know that no matter what we are facing, Jesus is still trustworthy. The banker may let you down. The insurance Praying might let you down. Your job might let you down. Your car might let you down. Your air conditioner might let you down. But God will never let you down. I'm coming to tell you today that He's still something and someone that you can put your trust in. You can rely on Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I, I just read in the newspaper this morning and uh, about the control tile, tower over in Houston at International Airport, Bush, or International Airport. 
And uh, they, they uh, diverted some planes that were on a collision course. And uh, they allowed them to get too close. And the man in the control tower seen it on the radar and was able to direct them. And although the pilots could not see each other, they still was able to direct them in two large planes. And one was a 777, I believe, and, and another very large passenger plane. And on a collision course, but what they could not see, they didn't know that it was going to happen. But someone in the control tower that was looking at the radar was able to tell them, hey, raise your altitude 1,500 feet. You bank. You bank in this direction. You bank in that direction. And let's get separated here because, you know, there's danger ahead. We have got to trust Him even though we cannot see. There is times in our life where Jesus steps in and He diverts our direction. And we're wondering, oh no God, this is the right way. Oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm in perfect line. I'm coming right in on, on my approach is perfect. And all of a sudden, Jesus says, no, no, you need to head this way. No, you need to, you need to raise your altitude a little bit. You need to change your course. Amen. But we have to trust Him. I can remember my daddy telling me about a situation with them flying one time. And uh, they were in the midst of a storm. And uh, they, they thought for sure they was going to die. And uh, it was even, I don't know what my mama was thinking because when planes crash, you know the normal, normal procedure is they burn up. Everything in them and around them burns up. But my mama was writing goodbye notes to all of her kids and stuffing them in the bottom of her purse thinking that some way, somehow, somebody had dig through the, the ashes and find the notes that she had written. And, and uh, kind of comical after they got on the ground. But very serious situation. It was in the daylight hours, but I can remember my daddy telling me that it, it, everything was pitch black dark. And, and um, he could not tell. He said... They, they had on their seat belts and the plane would bounce up in the air and then it would just free fall and lightning striking and thunder rolling and wind against them and just bucking them and jumping them around. And, and uh, he said it was very uh, a very scary time. And uh, one time the plane bounced so hard and even with this seat belt on, they have those air vents up in the top of the ceiling of the plane. He hit his head and busted his head wide open on that ceiling vent and uh, trying to stay in control of the plane. He said the only thing that, that kept his sanity other than God was a guy in a control tower that was watching him on radar. And uh, he was talking to him. He said, well, you gotta, you got to turn this way and you got to raise your altitude or drop your altitude and telling them what direction to go. Daddy said, I couldn't see anything. He said, it was pitch black. I couldn't tell if I was going up, down, sideways, upside down. And uh, like the one guy said, said he thought he was flying straight until the tears started running off of his forehead. And uh, so he said, a very scary time. He said, but I listened to that guy and he was talking to me, stay calm. Now, now don't lose control. Stay calm. Stay focused. I'm going to help you out of this. And he said, you got, you got so many miles to go and, and you're going to break through. And, and daddy said, I couldn't see anything. And I, 
I thought, man, I need to go the other direction. I need to, I need to turn south when he was telling me to go north. I need to, I need to head back the other way. And he said, the guy was telling me, you got to do what I'm telling you. You got to pay attention now. Stay calm. Stay focused. Go the direction. And he was telling him every move to make. And he said, okay. And about, daddy said it went on for what seemed like an eternity, but he said, in about five minutes, you should be seeing a break in the clouds. He said, the first break that you see in the clouds, head that direction, and uh, that's going to take you out of the storm. And uh, he said, man, he couldn't see anything, but all of a sudden he seen a little parting of the clouds. And he said, when he finally got to uh, an airport where he could land, he said he just laid on the couch and passed out for a couple of hours and so stressed out because they thought they was going to lose their life. But what kept him in control was not his ability, but it was somebody that was in a control tower watching a radar saying, Hey, that's not the way. You've got to, you've got to pay attention. You've got to watch out. You've got to be careful now. Stay focused. Keep your mind in what you're doing. Don't lose control. You need to go this way. You need to make this turn. You need to go this elevation. And, and all of this, he said, it was not my abilities. It was God and that man in that control tower. Thank God that God helped us out of it. You see, Jesus is standing up. And he's seeing, he's seeing what we cannot see. Just like his disciples were in the midst of the storm. And then he was standing in a high place and the scripture said he saw them rowing and towing for the winds was contrary unto them. I come to tell you this morning, God sees where you're at. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. God sees what you're going through. God knows your struggle. God knows your problems. God sees your disappointments. And God is standing up over heaven's balcony saying, You can still trust me. I'm still in control of the affairs of men. I've still got it under control. You can still trust me. I want to tell somebody... That's struggling this morning. You can trust Jesus. You can put your confidence in Him. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. But He's going to go with you all the way. Even unto the end of the world. Amen. Trust Him. Trust Him. In 2 Samuel chapter 22. Verse number 3, I'm getting ready to close. Come to the music, please. The God of my rock, in Him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation. My high tower and my refuge. My Savior, Thou savest me from violence the Lord is my rock my God is my rock in him I will trust life is full of uncertainties has anybody in here today ever had something planned out that didn't go quite according to plan 
Your kids didn't go quite according to plan. Your wife didn't go quite according to plan. Your husband didn't go quite according to plan. Your job didn't go quite according to plan. Your 20-year plan hadn't quite played out. Your Prince Charming just didn't come along at the right time. Turned out to be the Prince of Darkness. All of us has had disappointments. You didn't plan for the sickness. Some things just happen in life we can't explain. Some things happen that we wish would never happen. We've made mistakes that we wished we never would have made. We've made decisions that we wished we would never made. We've had problems that was beyond our control. But the writer says, the God of my rock in Him will I trust. I've been let down by people. David was saying, I've been let, I've been let down by people. I've been let down by circumstance. I've been let down by myself. Anybody in here ever let yourself down? But he said, the God of my rock, I will still trust in Him. No matter what happens, I have found that He's still trustworthy. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Don't stop there. And lean not unto thine own understanding. You've got to trust God that's in the control tower. I know you plunged head on into the direction that you think you need to go. But God might be saying, oh wait, 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 just a minute, hold up. You're headed on a collision course, you better, you better change your direction immediately. You better do something quickly. You better move in God's direction very swiftly. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Don't put your trust in your own abilities. Proverbs chapter 30 and verse number 5. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield Unto them that put their trust in Him. He is a shield unto them that put their trust. 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 Trust in Him. Do you still trust Him today? Do you still trust Him? Psalms 5 and 11 says, But let all those that put their trust in Thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because Thou defendest them. 
Let them also that love thy name be joyful unto thee. How do you get the shield of the Lord? By putting your trust in Him. How do you get God's attention? By putting your trust in Him. We can always go back to Job that faced many hardships. Faced total destruction in a matter of hours in his life. Went from everything to absolutely nothing. And days later, his body was even afflicted. His friends turned against him and told him, Job, it's you. It's your problem. You're the man. You're... You, you did this. You did that. Job said, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't, I, I've tried to do everything that I could to do it right. To do it pure before the Lord and steal these troubles. But after all of the affliction, after all the pain, after all the agony, after all the turmoil. Listen to me just a moment now. After all that he went through, the sickness... The discouragement, the disappointment, the loss. How many of you in this house today could lose all of your possessions? And all of your children. I can't imagine even losing one child. Can you imagine all at once somebody coming and tell you every one of your children are dead? What a tragedy. His wife comes in and tells him, why don't you just curse God and go ahead and die? Give up the ghost, man. Get out of the pain, the agony, the turmoil. But you know what his testimony was? Anybody know what it was? Though God slay me, yet will I what? Will I trust Him? No matter what He does, He said one place He's taken me by my neck and He's shaken me, but... But still, I'm going to trust Him. It didn't go according to plan. No, I didn't plan this out when I wrote my storybook life. I didn't plan out being here where I'm at right now. But though God slay me yet, will I trust Him? I found out that He's sure. I found out that He's real. I found out that He's pure. I found out that He's holy. I found out that He can be trusted. Can I encourage someone today? You're looking through a glass darkly. The devil's got your vision cloudy. The devil's got you twisted and moving and, and trying to figure out what's going on. But I come to tell you, you can still trust Jesus. You may not understand it now, but we'll understand it better by and by. We'll have a greater vision, a greater revelation, and look back on life and say, because of that, I made it through. Because of that problem, it made me stronger. Because of that sickness, I found out I could trust God. Because of that heartache, I found out that God was a heart healer. Because of that trouble, I found out that God could be trusted. Amen. It led me through. It helped me through. It made me what I am today. You can trust Jesus. 
You can trust Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can trust Him. You can trust Him. You can trust Him today. I just feel like telling somebody this morning, you can, you can trust Him. You can put your trust in Him. The things of this world is going to let you down, but you can trust Jesus. Politics will let you down, but you can trust Jesus. Your money will let you down, but you can trust Jesus. The economy will let you down, but you can still trust Jesus. You can trust Him. Your health will fail you, but you can still trust Jesus. Amen. This Jesus that we live by is also good enough to die by. Amen. You can still commit your life to Him. Amen. The disciples lived for Him. They were faithful to Him, and they were also willing to go to the cross go to the boiling oil they were able to go to the owls vanish away from all people amen because they trust him they put their confidence in him can I encourage a saint of God keep your trust in the Lord build your trust in the Lord keep your confidence in him he's still worthy of being trusted hallelujah Hallelujah, as we all stand today. As we look through that glass darkly. And we're not seeing everything that we wanted to see. We're seeing problems on every hand. The miracles haven't come that we prayed for. I wonder if you want to step out by faith right now. And say, I still trust you, Jesus. I still trust you, Jesus. You're still worthy of my confidence. You're still worthy of my trust. You're still worthy of my faith. You're still worthy, oh God. I still trust you. I still commit myself to you. You're still real. You're still holy. And you're still worthy to be trusted. My sacrifice. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, Holy Ghost. Somebody reach out to the Lord right now. Somebody reach out to the Lord right now. Oh, Holy Ghost, help us today. I give you my everything, God. I will give you all. Living for God, still the best life. Serving God is still the best life. Putting Him first is still the right way. Oh, if you don't know Him in the power of the Holy Ghost, why don't you open up yourself to Him and say, God, I want you in my life. Oh, I'm telling you about a God that you can trust. I'm telling you about a God that you can put your confidence in. I'm telling you about a one that will not fail you and will not leave you alone. Ask me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody reach out to the Lord right now. Oh, Jesus. God wants to help somebody right now. 
God wants to strengthen someone right now. Oh, God would love to fill you with the Holy Ghost this morning. Oh, I put my trust in you. I put my trust in you. You're still trustworthy. Oh, the things of the world will fail you and let you down, but put your trust in God. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, Holy Ghost power. Holy Ghost power right now, God. If all is what you ask of me, I will not. Holy Ghost touch right now. Somebody just reach out to the Lord just a moment right now. Hallelujah. 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 We need you. We need you. We need you, God. Oh, Lord, you see every need right now, God. Lord, you know the devil's the adversary that your children are facing and fighting right now. I pray, God, for help from heaven. I pray, God, for strength from heaven right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Do it right now, God. Holy Ghost right now, God. Holy Ghost right now, God. Holy Ghost right now, God. If you need help from heaven, why don't you reach out and get it right now? If you need strength from God, reach out and get it. The Holy Ghost is in the house this morning. God's presence is here this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Holy Ghost power. Holy Ghost power today, God. Holy Ghost touch today, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, work right now. Work right now, God. Hallelujah. Why don't you sing it from your heart right now? Everybody sing it together. Is this your testimony today? Oh, I'll give you all, Lord. I'll give you all, Lord. I'll give you all, Lord. Hallelujah. Sing it from your heart right now. If all is what you'd ask of me, I will not withhold. And if my sacrifice is less than giving you my very best, help me remember Calvary's cross and be willing to say yes. I will give you all. Hallelujah. Lift up your voice unto the Lord. Tell him I'll give you all today, God. Oh, Jesus, I'm not going to withhold anything from you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. 
Holy Ghost, lift your hands, lift your voice unto the Lord. God, we love you today. We worship you today. We magnify you today, God. We lift up your name today, Jesus. I'm thankful that I have found you that you can one that can be trusted, Lord. I'm thankful that you are trustworthy today, Lord. All of my trust, all of my faith and my confidence I put in you. Hallelujah! Why don't you thank him because he's he, you have found him to be trusted today. He's trustworthy. He's trustworthy. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, I love you today. Amen. Lord, bless you. Remember church tonight. Come praying, expecting and believing the Lord for a great move of the Holy Ghost. Men need to be in the prayer room. Need to be here early for prayer. Prayer rooms has been a little slack the last few weeks. Need to be in there seeking the face of God. Prayer affects your life. Prayer affects your life. Prayer affects your life. Prayer affects the service. Let's be in the prayer room praying, seeking the face of God. We don't have a service that we can waste. We don't have a moment that we can give heed to the devil. Amen. Keep fighting the devil. Invite someone to the house of the Lord tonight. Be here early for church. Lord bless you. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name.